Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part three and the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter nine called Fighting a Losing Battle. See, as a Christian, you've acknowledged that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. As a Christian, you've acknowledged that there's another uh, world that you cannot see right now, where there are enemies and there, there's things that go on. There, there's the deep workings of God. And, and this is where we have to allow a little bit of wiggle room that everything in our lives is not always gonna measure up perfectly to some system we've created in our minds. I know the world likes that which is predictable and we as people, as humans, like that which is predictable. But Job says, this has happened to me without a cause. I am guiltless, 21. I do not take notice of myself. I despise or loathe my life. Job's words imply that he is beside himself with confusion and grief. Perhaps he is simply tired and tired of hearing himself talk. Have you ever become tired of hearing yourself talk? You're just like, talk, 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 talk. <laughs> and finally you're like, to yourself, shut up. <laughs> if nobody else is gonna say it, I'm gonna say it to you in the mirror. Quiet. Talk, 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 talk. <laughs> you ever been at a point where you're so talked out and you've analyzed something from about 72 different angles, that you do something like this. You, you, you just become almost like giddy, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> I think that's kind of where Job is at. He says, it is all one. Therefore, I say, he destroys the guiltless with the wicked. Now he's kind of winding down in the wicked on chapter 9. If the scourge kills suddenly... He mocks the despair of the innocent. Now, now it's getting kind of ugly. Job is saying, the, the world makes no sense. The righteous die with the wicked. The wicked with the righteous. Turn on the evening news. You know, the first five news stories make you just want to scream. Because you, you see innocent people affected by wicked people, and then wicked people get theirs, but then they kill nine innocent people, and then they get killed. And, and you look at it and you go, Lord, I believe in your sovereignty, but how do I make sense that the guiltless and the wicked are both destroyed? The scourge kills suddenly, and it almost feels, end of 23, like you sucker punch me. Here's the image of being in the wrestling match or a boxing ring. It feels like you hit me and then you do a celebration dance over me after you sucker punched me. Now, if you don't know what a sucker punch is, that is someone who hits you without you even knowing it's coming. You know, they just take a shot at you. Some of you have seen those videos where some of the, the people have decided that they'll walk down a street and they'll hit an old person you remember when that was a, a thing in our world where we had people walking down streets and they would actually hit an elderly person and try to knock them out and they did some serious damage. Well, here's what Job's saying. I feel like 
<clears throat> I can't see where you're coming from because you're God and you're so powerful and you made everything and I don't know what I did and I feel like you hit me and you knocked me down and then you're doing a celebration dance over me as if you're laughing at me from heaven. Is that what God is doing? No. God was boasting on Job. God said he's the most blameless and upright man that there is on the planet. But Job's perception is, he just knocked me out and he's doing a celebration dance. He, it's like, I feel like he's laughing at me from heaven. But Job's wrong, God is not. But that's how he feels. And I guess when it comes down to feelings, when we're trying to minister to one another and we're going through a hard time, maybe we need to give ourselves a little bit of space even with our feelings. We could say to someone, oh, you're wrong. That's not what's going on. Let's turn to this. And someone might say, I know the Bible verse, but this is how I feel. And Maybe we could get a little bit better at that, giving someone a little bit of space to say, this is how I feel. We're not saying that they're right. Look, let me just kind of jump on this for a second because I think you're going to see where I'm going. We're in all kinds of cultural debates right now, right? And we're going to sit with people who know this much of the Bible. Some know nothing. Some, their whole life has been shaped by a worldview where they've gotten input from all kinds of worldly secular sources. And you want to come in with your 16 machine gun Bible verses to prove them wrong. And I'm not saying that you need to agree with people's conclusions when they are coming from the platform of feelings. I'm not saying you have to agree with something that's false. But give a person a little bit of space at least to articulate how they're feeling. Everybody understand the difference? So if you're talking to someone, you might say, okay, I'm not going to argue that that's not how you feel, and I'm sorry. And then there's hopefully going to be an open door to say, however... This is what the word of God says about this. Do you understand what I'm saying? We never compromise truth, but we give people space to be human. And that is going to make us a little bit more effective when we try to practice 1 Peter 3.15 to deal with people and give them the reason for the hope that we have with gentleness and respect. How can you show someone respect if you won't even let them get a word in? They're not going to hear what you have to say until they know that you care enough to listen. That's what I'm talking about. And so he says, the earth is given into the hand of the wicked. He covers the face of its judges. It seems like judges, politicians, everybody's paid off. Just when I think I've heard it all, then I hear something else that makes me have chagrin over religious leadership and political leaders and you name it. Just when I think I knew something about this situation, then I'm proven wrong. Now, conclusion. My days, well, they're swifter than a runner. They flee away. They see no good. I was, uh, some years ago, I had a chance to try out for the Seattle Mariners. I, I had a chance to go to a camp. And one of the things that they did is they timed you. I think it was the 60-yard dash. Now, I had a good bat and good hands, but I wasn't the fastest guy. And they timed me in the 60 with, let's just put it this way, a very fast individual to my left and a very fast individual to my right. So 
It was go. <laughs> I was seeing dust and cleats, dust and cleats, cleats and dust. They passed, and then the guy was waiting for me. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and the line came forward. We can time you with a calendar, boy. <laughs> well, Job's life feels like it's running away like a fast runner, like he's never going to catch up. He says, I, I don't feel like I'll see any good. 26, they slip by me like reed boats, like an eagle that swoops on in its prey. If you've ever seen that happen, you know how quickly an eagle can swoop down or a boat pass or it can grab something so quickly and, and that's it. And Job might say, I feel like the eagle's prey right now. I felt like I could mount up with wings like eagles a few months ago and now I feel like the eagle's got me in its talons and its clutches. What should I do? Three options and we're done. Option number one. Though I say I will forget my complaint, verse 27, I will leave off my sad countenance and be cheerful. I know what I'll do. Option number one, I'm going to turn on that song. Don't worry. I'll be happy. And I'm just going to put the smile on my face and, and that's it. I'm just going to, that's it. I'm just going to over. You ever done that before? All right, that's it. That's enough. I'm tired of hearing myself. I'm tired of complaining. I'm going to smile. And that lasts for about five minutes, right? <laughs> and here's why. He says, I'm afraid of all my pains. My pain's still there. I know that you will not acquit me. I don't think you're going to release me from this. And I'm accounted wicked. Remember, not all of his perceptions are correct. Why then should I toil in vain? Why do the work of trying to smile and forget about my problems when I still have boils and pains in the night? And I don't think you're going to forgive me anyway. <laughs> I've never been there before. No, no I'm not going to smile. Nope. I'm just going to frown at everybody. <laughs> you ever... Run across somebody on the street and you're like, whoa, <laughs> I think you had a bad week or a bad year, right? And then you end up there and you're like, oh, now I know what that feels like. Option number one, put on a happy face, forget about the past. But that's not dealing with the root issue because I still have my pain. I still don't know what God is doing. It doesn't deal with the core. A plastic smile ain't going to fix it. Option number two. If I should wash myself with snow, 30, cleanse my hands with lye, yet you would plunge me into the pit and my own clothes would abhor me. All right, we're not going to do the plastic smile and just forget about the past. If I, option two, would wash myself, clean myself up, I know I'm a disaster. I know I've been sitting in the ash pile. I know I'm a mess. I should probably take a shower, put on some new clothes, but here's the problem. If I clean myself up, I feel like the moment I walk through the door, he'll take me and dunk me into the pit of mud. Why bother? Your friends and family might say, please take a shower, risk it. <laughs> risk it, it's okay. But here's what Job is saying. It doesn't matter how many showers I take. I feel like the moment I take the shower, I'm still dirty. Because in the eyes of God, I feel dirty. Now let me ask you, how many people do you think 
are trying to do outward religious things, but inside still feel dirty. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. If I should wash myself with snow, 30, cleanse my hands with lye, yet you would plunge me into the pit, and my own clothes would abhor me. All right, we're not going to do the plastic smile and just forget about the past. If I, option two, would wash myself, clean myself up, I know I'm a disaster. I know I've been sitting in the ash pile. I know I'm a mess. I should probably take a shower, put on some new clothes. But here's the problem. If I clean myself up, I feel like the moment I walk through the door, he'll take me and dunk me into the pit of mud. Why bother? Your friends and family might say, please take a shower, risk it. Risk it, it's okay. (laughs) But here's what Job is saying. It doesn't matter how many showers I take. I feel like the moment I take the shower, I'm still dirty. Because in the eyes of God, I feel dirty. Now let me ask you, how many people do you think are trying to do outward religious things, but inside still feel dirty? Because our heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can understand it? Everybody flip over to Psalms quickly. Psalm 51, just to your right. Here's David. He's sinned against God. We know, we understand what David did wrong. His sin with Bathsheba, Psalm 51. Here's his cry, Psalm 51. Look at 7 through 12. David's talking about how he was brought forth in iniquity. God wants truth in his innermost being, 51.6. In the hidden part, you will make me know wisdom. You don't want me just cleaned up on the outside, 51.6, Psalm 51.6. You want me to be true on the inside, in, in my innermost being, in the hidden part that nobody can see. You want me to be wise, seven. Then purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me. God, you're going to have to do it and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me, what's your Bible say? 
Give me a clean heart, Lord. That's what I need. I need a clean heart. Not, not your pumping organ here, the center of your being, your mind, emotions, will, and intellect. Create in me, right there in the center of who I am, make me clean, O oh God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me, this is what I need. If I'm gonna have a true smile, true joy, restore to me the joy of my Yeshua. See, the salvation is literally Yeshua. It's the name of Jesus right there. Restore to me thy, the joy of thy salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. Back to Job and we'll finish it. Third and final option, best and final option is here. It's not gonna help to do a plastic smile and just try to forget about the past. It's not gonna help to do just a cleanup job on my own, a self-cleanup job. Here's what I need. He says, 32, Job 9. For he is not a man as I am that I may answer him, that we may go to court together. There is no umpire, ESV, no arbiter between us who may lay his, hands, his hand upon us both. New King James 9.33 of Job. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. New Living Translation. If only there were a mediator between us, someone who could bring us together. Let him remove his rod from me. Let not dread of him terrify me. Then I would speak and not fear him. But I am not like that in myself. I need a mediator. I need a go-between. I need an arbiter who could represent God and represent me in this court battle. And brothers and sisters, I think you can see where this is going because the book of Job is leading us to the gospel of Jesus for there is one God and one mediator between God and man. That is the man, Christ Jesus. And from heaven, the one to whom Job complains about, the one that he doesn't understand, the one that he doesn't get his justice, is the one who will come down and be that mediator. He is the one who will die on the cross, and if I could put it this way, have a hand to God and a hand to man. He is the go-between, and it is by his blood that we are ransomed back to God. That which divides us, that which makes us unrighteous in his sight, Jesus becomes the one, the judge takes the punishment. The judge descends from his mahogany bench, lays down his gavel, takes off his uh, majestic robe and says, now, even though I am your judge, I will become the one who pays your penalty. That is the gospel. Job is digging his way down to the gospel. We have a problem of evil in our world. It is undeniable, and it does us no good to ignore it or not face it. But we have a power of a gospel that is good news for people like you and me. Do you believe it? We have a God who became our mediator. He became our go-between. He became one of us to bring us back to God. The righteous one died for the unrighteous to bring us back to God. The book of Job is pointing us to the greater Job his name is Jesus, who suffered without cause. He was hated without cause. He took punishment that he did not deserve. The, the devil put him right in his scope to destroy him, 
but he destroyed the works of the devil. He took the death instrument of the devil and made an open spectacle of him, triumphing over him by the cross. He came, the Son of God came to destroy the works of Satan, to destroy him who had the power of death, to taste death for each one of us. And now, what do we have? We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And my little children, says John, I'm writing to you that you may not sin. But if any of you sin, you have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous one. How can a man be right in God's eyes? How can a woman be right in God's eyes? We can't because we've all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus makes us right in the eyes of God. Amen? That's who you are if you're in Christ tonight. And if you're not in Christ tonight, you can be. Just trust him. Bring your questions to the foot of the cross. Because here's something I know about my faith. And I promise this is the last thing I'm going to say. Here's what I know. When I'm talking to someone who maybe of another religion or maybe an atheist, here's what I know. I acknowledge there's a problem of evil. I acknowledge I do not understand it. And I have a lot of heartache and pain and I have my own questions. But I worship a God who entered into my pain and became my advocate and mediator. And there's a lot of things that I don't know. But one thing that I do know is history tells me about a blood-stained cross and an advocate who came down from heaven and a mediator who defeated death and left an empty grave behind and one who ever lives to intercede for his people. Father, we come before you grateful for such a mediator as Jesus in the midst of a fallen and broken world where inevitably pain and sorrow will come. Whether it's our own pain and sorrow in our bodies or the struggle with the problem of evil or something that happens in our sphere of life. But thank you that the book of Job is pointing us to a coming mediator. And thank you that Job is beginning to sense his need. See, that's where it begins. We have to know what our need is. We, we have a disease that's going to kill us. It's the sin virus. 100% deadly, 100% of the time, but Jesus came and dealt with it. He's our mediator, our advocate, our helper from heaven. What a friend we have in Jesus. And I pray that tonight, those who may not know you would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Those who do know you might come back to that place of intimate fellowship. Those who are going through a tough time with tough questions. Lord, may you heal, may you restore, may you give them hope, and may they become an ambassador of hope in the midst of that trial. We love you, Lord. We thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name. You've been listening to Fighting a Losing Battle Part 3 on Walk in Truth, and that was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 9. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch this message by Pastor Michael in its entirety, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. 
You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, life can feel like you're fighting a losing battle, but the truth is, if you're a Christian, you are more than a conqueror through Christ who loved you. So, don't go by your feelings. You know, we did an old Sunday school um, discipleship program in the past, and it showed this train diagram, and it said, don't let your feelings run the train, but let them be the caboose. Let the facts of Scripture lead the train. And here's the point of that. Facts need to ultimately come above my feelings. You can feel like you're fighting a losing battle. Hey, Totally understand that. We can feel that way some sometimes, but stand on Scripture and let that lead the train. You are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. But you know, sometimes we're going through grief and we need others to help us come alongside us. And we have a grief share class at Living Truth Christian Fellowship where I serve as senior pastor. It's on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. And you can get information when you call 844-48-TRUTH You can get details, driving directions, or you can download the Living Truth app in your app store. You can do that for free. It's the red logo with the pillars. Just search Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Hey, so glad you're listening. Join us tomorrow as we do a message called A Cry to My Creator in the book of Job. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. We'll meet you right here tomorrow. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Job. But you can listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Job 10 called A Cry to My Creator. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walking Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.